to Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast highlighting those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. I'm your host, Rebel Seclocha, and today I'm joined by Riley Wakefield, a three-event cowboy and a fellow Nebraskan. Riley, thanks for being here. Good to be here. I appreciate you having me. So as we start our conversation today, you're currently number eight in the PRCA all-around standings and are hitting the road pretty hard in 2022. But this is the culmination of a lot of years in the sport. Give us some background on how you got your start in rodeo and when you decided to take it to the professional level. So my dad, my dad grew up on a farm um, in eastern Nebraska. And uh, I think it's around when he got to college, he started hanging around a bunch of uh, people on the rodeo team. And uh, he started wanting to uh, enter the steer wrestling, you know, in the surrounding areas. So, and uh, then he got pretty good at it, uh, made the circuit finals five times or so in the steer wrestling. And uh, so we were kind of born into a rodeo background. At a young age, we had horses and we were around cattle and uh, went up through the ranks. Um, he, he, he'd haul us to Rapid City for Little Bitches Rodeos, then obviously Junior High Rodeos, and, and went, it went from there. So, Awesome. So though you're, you're traveling quite a bit, your roots are in Holt County. Uh, how did growing up in rural Nebraska shape you as a person and now as a professional rodeo athlete? It, it's really different. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say Nebraska would be just a hub of, especially where, where I live, uh, of rodeo people. So it, it was fascinating, you know, growing up in a spot where rodeo was not overly pre- predominant. But it was good for me. Um, you know, me and my brother, we, we kind of had to, you know, go by off trial and error there early early in our rodeo careers. Um, you know, we'd just go out into the practice pen. We'd get around the best people we could, but but at the same time, um, you know, we we could only do so much. So we'd go out in the practice pen, and, and we'd go at it all day long and then just figure it out from there. So um, it, it was for sure probably a slower process growing up growing up in Nebraska and trying to do the rodeo thing, but, but I think it's made me a lot more mentally strong. Um, obviously the people in Nebraska are great. I, so it, it shaped us as shaped our character. And uh, so, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, so all three of your events are on the timed event side, which requires quite a bit of horsepower. Uh, tell me about the horses you're competing on now and how they're working for you. So I, I would say my the calf roping would probably be my main event right now, um, and I ride a horse I call Gator. Um, he's the horse I rode last year at the circuit rodeos, and he was he was pretty green when I hauled him last summer. He didn't know a heck of a lot, and uh, it took us half the summer to get used to each other. I mean things were <laughs> things were not going well, things were not going well at all. And then up to the Fourth of July. Um, things started kind of coming around in the calf roping and we started figuring things out. You know, I worked hard. We worked every day. We'd go to the circuit rodeos on the weekends and then come back and, uh, and work on the things we need to work on. And finally things started coming around. And, uh, by the end of the summer, I actually was able to come into the circuit finals, you know, in second place, obviously the circuit finals didn't go exactly how I wanted in the calf roping, but, but, uh, it, it meant a lot to, to see the improvement that, that happened in just a span of about four months or so. And uh, so Austin Barstow owned him at that time, a friend of mine from uh, Springview, Nebraska. And uh, then I, when I took him to the circuit finals, I honestly had no idea what was going to, what he was going to do because he, <laughs> he was kind of a loose cannon at that point. 
um, honestly, at, at an Iowa rodeo probably just a couple weeks before, um, I could not get on him. Like, I walked back to him, and he kept side-passing away from me until this place was packed, and the crowd <laughs> started laughing at me. Like, it, 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 oh, was, no. it was an embarrassing, <laughs> yeah, it was an embarrassing experience. And honestly made a pretty good run on him. I won second at the rodeo, but it took me a full minute to get on my horse. He would not let me get on. Well, so at least you at least thinking, you caught. It would have been more embarrassing if you didn't. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, the fact that the that the that the run went semi well it made it a little better, but anyways, so so I go back down here to Texas here for a little while and uh keep working with him and whatnot. And then it's time to go to the circuit finals. And, you know, that's that's more of a a real atmosphere that he's kind of never been in. It's going to be loud. You know, there's going to be fans everywhere. So I'm taking him in here, and I have no idea what he's going to do. Like, he, he could he could run off for all I know. <laughs> well, turns out he worked, you know, as good as he ever has. He worked absolutely perfect. So um, I ended up coming back to Stephenville and got him bought from, from my friend Austin. And uh, ever since, it's been – it's been on the um a lot of improvement so that's been <laughs> good deal so uh, preparation is a lot of work when your horses are working good let alone when you're fighting things like that um but what does a day in the practice pen look like for you so i guess these days i have my steer wrestling horse and i have gator and my team roping horse i call him william and then I have my triple horse named Sith. So on a day where we don't have anything going other than getting after it, usually we saddle them up there around 11 o'clock. And uh, basically we uh, start out just getting the calves up, doing all that stuff, and then maybe tie some from the post there first. Um, and then, honestly, it's, there's not much structure to it. You know, <laughs> whoever's, whoever's ready, you know, get your horse warmed up. I'll run the shoot for this guy. You get your horse warmed up then it's your turn. So yeah, I mean, the, the main thing is, is we just, we just get out there and do it. You know, it's, there's not a heck of a lot of structure to it. We get through all of our horses that we got saddled and, uh, you know, just take turns running the shoot for each other. I live with Taylor Santos and, uh, Chisholm Allen, uh, down here in Texas. So there's, three of us that, that rope together quite often and we all get along and we all have fun. So it works out well. Yeah. So you're kind of unique in that you're working multiple events. How do you think that impacts your mental game or how do you shift your mentality as you, you know, go from event to event, especially if you're working multiple at the same rodeo? Right. Right. So like at uh, rapid city, I did all three, but usually I guess last summer I did all three, but now I've just been focusing on the steer wrestling and the calf roping. But at the same time, it's still it's still hard to, you know, put so much energy into both events in that short of time. Um, basically, I, I just try to have everything ready before the perf starts or the slack starts. I try to have both horses at least kind of warmed up, all booted up, and, you know, ready to go. So when I do get done with one event, you know, I, it's not – a big transition to the next one. I'm ready right away. Um, but yeah, it's, it's for sure a struggle to, to stay focused. And especially if the first event doesn't go well, it's, it's been, you know, it's been hard to adjust my mindset to make it to where I forget about that, a bad run. And then, you know, 
uh, carry on and, and try to be better in the next event. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly a struggle and, and it takes a lot of mental strength, but basically having all my stuff ready is, is the biggest part. You know, I want to be the first one to the arena when it comes to like a perp or a slack. I, I want to be there first. I want to be half an hour ahead of everybody, have all my stuff ready, have a nice spot picked out for my horses and my gear. So when the time comes, I am perfectly prepared and I don't feel rushed or anything. Yeah, definitely. So we talked earlier about Nebraska. Obviously, we have a strong farming and ranching community up here. But from a rodeo perspective, obviously, that's a lot stronger where you're at now in Texas. If you're living with Taylor and Chisholm, you're surrounding yourself with kind of this iron sharpens iron mentality. How important is it to surround yourself with other people that are striving towards that that same ultimate goal? Oh, it's so important. Um, So Taylor is a very very good competitor he he has just such a good mindset he doesn't let things bother him and that has rubbed off on me a lot you know if he, he doesn't he doesn't get mad when things don't go right he fixes it so and that's that's been a huge part and just being able to to have guys like Chisholm and Taylor you, you can take something from each of them they're both really good horsemen they know a lot about you know how to make their horses keep working and I'd say that was a weakness of mine when I came down here was how to keep my horse working, um, what I wanted it to look like. And so being around them, it's been it's been huge um, letting me see how they make their horses work consistently. And then at the same time, you know, I'm big on the working out and trying to stay healthy. And uh, that's something I think that I've kind of rubbed off on them is making sure you're stretching and doing a lot of physical activity, lifting weights, things like that. So, yeah, no, it's truly important. Um, it's truly important to have people around that you can you can learn from. And, uh, yeah, so it's been good with Chisholm and Taylor as far as, as, far as uh, learning things from each other. So, Yeah. There's really been a lot of movement in the rodeo industry in the last few years, elevating the sport from the Cowboy Channel, making it more accessible, to rodeo cowboys seeing themselves truly as professional athletes and not just as cowboys per se. What are some changes that you foresee happening in the next few years or that you'd like to see happen? Um, I guess just the same thing that's been happening. You know, there's been more added money events um, in the last, I guess, six years, however long I've been in or was in college. We've gained the American. We've gained the World Champions Rodeo Alliance. I mean, two associations or events that that have changed the game. And then we have the Cowboy Channel. You know, there's nothing better than uh, driving down the road to the next rodeo and watching the Cowboy Channel at the rodeo you were just at. Um, so I think we're on the right path, honestly. I, I like what I'm seeing. Um, the regulations and things like that, you know, with the fact that our, our sport is continues to be under attack by people who don't understand what we do. So that's something we have to, we have to take into effect too, is the fact that uh, it's, it's going to be trying to, it's going to be, people are going to try and take away from us as well. So, but I think everything's, you know, on the right track. Everybody says, some people do say that the rodeo world is kind of dwindling. Well, I, I don't believe that one bit. I mean, we're thriving. There's more money in it more than ever. I mean, it's, 
it's on the right track, I think. So, but as far as where rodeo is going, um, I think the events are continuing to add more money. Um, with the Cowboy Channel, there's going to be a different crowd of sponsors. So I think we're on the right track uh, that way as well. Definitely. So a few weeks ago on Facebook, I saw a post of yours from when you were roping in Fort Worth. Um, you missed a calf. You had a good shot at it. And afterward, you were chatting with a family who was just excited to be there. Um, and you kind of gave a, a testimonial for why it's so important to engage with people outside of the industry. If you wouldn't mind, tell that story for our listeners and what kind of impact that experience had on you. Yeah, so we go to sometimes when we have an off weekend where not much is going on, they have a weekly rodeo at Fort Worth in the stockyards. And when you go there, they have a warm-up pen in the back that's, uh, you know, right by all the people walking by. And there was there's so many people that just have not seen a horse before, so they'll come up to the fence <laughs> and try to touch a horse and whatever. And, yeah, like I say, I think it's – I'm so naive. I think everybody in Texas has been around a horse before, but, no, they're just absolutely amazed. So this one family <laughs> comes up, and, and they're trying to pet my horse and, and whatever. And so this time I decide I'm going to go up and talk to these people because, I mean, they were just fascinated with this horse. And we we kind of talked for a while. They said, you know, what do you do? I said, oh, I – I rope calves, so I I rope them around the neck, and I, I tie them to the ground, and they're like, how fast should you be? I'm like, oh, under nine seconds somewhere. They're like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I kind of explain what exactly I do, and, and the little girl, she's sitting on the horse, you know, she kind of looks up at me, and she's, she's wondering, she's like, why, why do you do that, you know? Um, you know, she was confused as to why we would do that to an animal, and so... I, I I asked her, I said, if you have a sick calf out in the pasture, you know, and he needs his medication, are you are you going to go catch him yourself? Are you going to chase him? And she thinks about it for a second, and I said, you're, you're not going to catch that calf. He's going to be faster than you. So I look at my horse, and I said, but, but Gator's fast enough to where I can go rope the calf on him and give the calf the proper medication. And uh, after that, the whole family kind of puts pieces together and so it's kind of cool to explain why we do what we do. You know, our our industry is based on is based solely on the care of cattle, and uh, so yeah, that was the story. Um, and so yeah, I just tried to inspire rodeo cowboys everywhere to stop and think about why we do what we do, because we're going to get asked more and more in this world we live in. We're going to get asked more and more why we do what we do. They they need to have an answer. They need to have their own answer ready at any time. That's the way I saw it. Well, you certainly had an impact on them in that moment, in that face-to-face interaction. But then you went ahead and shared the story to social media, which got a bunch of likes and shares and reached a, a whole new audience of people. Um, how important is it now to be active on social media? I know a lot of guys will say, you know, my job is to, to rope calves, not to, you know, post on Instagram. But but that's that's really an important component these days. Yo, no, absolutely. The biggest part for me, and I've kind of taken a different role with it, you know, people at home especially, you know, like to follow me on what I'm doing, uh, where I am and things like that. So, so it's a, it's a big positive for, for that. But, but as well, I, I've kind of taken an approach to tell some stories about when I'm on the road and try and connect it to something I've learned. So just kind of pass on new things I learned 
with different things that happen on the road. So, and people have responded well to that. So it's something that I hope to continue to do. But, but yeah, I think the biggest purpose is people people enjoy hearing about what I what I'm doing, especially people back home in Nebraska. Uh, I think it's pretty special that I I can let them know where I am, what I'm doing, you know, how I'm doing. So I I think they appreciate that. And yeah, uh, yeah also giving those little messages in the meantime, I, it's been the social media thing has been effective. So for sure. I know your brother Brady was an incredible role model for you and for others. And since his passing, your family has really taken on a a cool role in mentoring young rodeo athletes and just helping anyone that they can. How important is that mentorship piece in a sport as demanding as rodeo? And and what has that experience been like as you honor your older brother? It's been really cool. Well, me and my family are, are very open about that, and I think that's what people respect about us is, is we're willing to be open about our feelings and look at the mental side of rodeo and maybe losing loved ones or people like us. And I, I think people respect that, that, the, that we're honest and, uh, and we, can start, we can talk about those hard topics. Like my, my dad's really good at that. He's really good at uh, talking people through tough times. And, um, you know, I think he kind of passed that on to me when, when there's somebody who, who might be going through a tough time. Well, we, we can kind of feel for them. We kind of understand that. So I feel like we can, we can talk through some things, some things that normal people or some other people might struggle be talking about. And I, I think that that's the biggest part of, uh, people seeing us sometimes, or mostly my dad is, is more of rodeo mentor is is because we we can express our feelings and and we can relate to a lot of the people that that are hurting so yeah that's really neat so switching gears a little bit we're chatting now at the beginning of april as we head into the spring and more importantly the summer run what are some goals you have for the rest of the year um actually i have uh my goals written right here to my right they're (laughs) they're on a whiteboard um First of all, I have my 2022 goals, which is top 25 in the calf roping. Um, the team roping is kind of on the back burner right now. It's going to be hard to get anything done there. I'm kind of mainly focusing on the calf roping. Um, I do have top 40 in steer wrestling listed, but uh, that that might be a struggle too. Um, I'm, I'm I'm thinking I need to put. Uh, most of my effort into the calf roping right now, but top 25 in the calf roping would be would be a really good spot for me to where I can get into the winter rodeos next year and have a good chance of of making the NFR. Definitely. So that, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, and then obviously I got how I'm going to do that. I need to get my course working and uh, do some very small things to to get there. But that's that that's kind of my goals for the rodeo season. So awesome. Awesome. So as we kind of wrap up today, I would love for you to share maybe what the best piece of advice you've ever received is or something you'd just like to leave people with. Um, I'd say with the rodeo thing, it's basically do what makes you happy. You know, um, I like going to college. I like doing a lot of things, but I've worked my whole life to go rodeo. We drove a lot of miles. We put in a lot of time, and so I would say if there's something that makes you happy, whether, you know, no matter how much money it takes, no matter how much money it pays, I mean, if it's not the right situation, 
um, you know, take that step to do what makes you happy. Like I say, there's a lot of things I need to fix in my rodeo, especially in my calf roping. I got my calf horse. There's still a lot of holes there, but I feel like we're on the right track. The most important thing I could tell those people is do what makes you happy. Take the path that will, will bring you the most peace. Great things to keep in mind for sure. Well, Riley, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. Once again, that was Riley Wakefield, three-event rodeo cowboy and Nebraska native, currently making his home in Texas. And at the time of this recording in early April of 2022, he is ranked number eight in the PRCA All-Around World Standings. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Breaking the Barrier. As a reminder, new episodes are available every Tuesday and can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is hosted by me, Rebel Seclocha, and is produced by the Rural Radio Network.